Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Wassalatu wassalamu ala khatamil anbiya'i wal mursalin. Muhammadin al-amin. Wa ala alihi ya tayyibin al-tahirin. Wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawmiddin. Amma ba'd. <coughs> My dear respected brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, through the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah has granted us the tawfiq to tune in, to listen to different pearls of advices from the Qur'an and inspire our hearts, insha'Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the hidayah to the Qur'an. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our akhlaq like the akhlaq expressed in the Qur'an, in our amal, in our niyat, in our lives, according to the teachings of the Qur'an. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all ambassadors of the Qur'an. Those who live by it, those who preach it, those who invite towards it, insha'Allah. So, last night we were discussing Ayats 190 and 191. And I would like to take a different take on the same ayat, another lesson that we can derive. But just to refresh our memory, and for those who were not here with us last night, maybe joining us only tonight, Again, I will repeat the ayah in the translation, but then we will talk about another aspect, insha'Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in ayah 190, Verily, in the creation of the heavens and earth, and in the alternation and the changing of the day into night and the night into day, they are indeed signs for those who have intelligence those who are the intelligent ones they are those who remember Allah who are the intelligent ones the intelligent ones are those who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala standing, sitting and reclining and they ponder and they reflect over the creation of the heavens and the earth رَبَّنَا مَا خَلَقْتَ هَذَا بَاطِلًا then they reach the conclusion and they utter and they proclaim, O oh our Lord, O oh our Rabb, you have not created this in vain. Subhanak, you are pure, O oh Allah. Faqina adab nar so save us from the torment of the adab of Jahannam. So in these ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about recognizing him through his signs. And in the context of this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that those who see beyond the material means, the asbab, they recognize the musabbib al-asbab, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those who recognize him and those who remember him, they are the intelligent ones. The ulil al-bab, the intelligent ones, alladheena yathkuroon Allah. Those who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, qiyamun wa qu'udun wa ala junubihim. Standing, sitting, and reclining. So this is the point I wanted to stress about tonight. May Allah ta'ala make us among those who remember him standing, sitting, and reclining. That... The dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is applicable in all times. Subhanallah. There is no condition when a person is exempt from the commandment of Allah ta'ala to remember him. As a believer, as a true believer, we have to be remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we have to be cognizant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at every given moment of our life. To have an awareness of Allah. To be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we compare the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with all of the other commands, we will find 
several important differences that sets the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a very very different level far above the other commandments Allahu Akbar so let us do this comparison study first thing we will note is for all the different ibadat there are shurut conditions there are shurutul wujub conditions when that would become wajib for example hajj is only farad on those individuals who are physically capable and also are financially capable fasting is only farad like when Allah Ta'ala speaks about hajj Allah Ta'ala says وَلِلَّهِ عَلَى النَّاسِ حِجُّ الْبَيْتِ مَنِ اسْتَطَاعَ إِلَيْهِ سَبِيلًا and hajj is farad upon those who have the ability to undertake the journey and when it comes to fasting also Allah Ta'ala says فَمَنْ كَانَ مِنْكُمْ مَرِيضًا أَوْ عَلَى سَفَرٍ فَعِدَّةٌ مِنْ أَيَّامٍ أُخَرٍ those amongst you who may be uh, sick or traveling they can fast other days for fasting a person ha- to be farad a person has to be healthy a person has to be at home not traveling only then fasting will become farad and a person who is sick or traveling they are exempted a, a woman who is pregnant or uh, or uh, 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 nursing a baby is also exempt uh, if uh, uh, they need the uh, caloric intake to maintain the health of the unborn baby or or uh, or to be able to nurse the baby there are they are permitted to break the fast likewise when it comes to zakat it is only upon those who have the nisab threshold of money of gold and silver and one entire year passes uh, in their possession so all of these commandments even salah salah is perhaps more difficult one it's it's mandatory upon everyone but uh, uh, there are certain conditions for salah you cannot perform salah whenever you want in whatever direction you want you have to face the makkah al mukarramah you have to face the qibla you have to be in a state of wudu you cannot perform salah without wudu right these are all the shurut shurut al-siha conditions for validity that you have to face the qibla it has to be the correct time in salata kanat ala mu'minina kitaban mawquta fawalli wajhaka shatra al-masjid al-haram face the masjid al-haram in the appointed time and wa thiyabaka fatahhir you have to purify your clothes you have to be in a state of wudu and the place you're performing the salah has to be pure and you have to cover your aura all of these conditions have to be there before a person can perform salah if a person is lying down he cannot perform salah lying down if a person is uh, um, uh, if a person is not with wudu without wudu cannot perform salah if the farad time did not enter there is no farad salah so there are specific conditions for salah as well so when we come to dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we will note that there are no conditions no preconditions from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or from the sharia standpoint whether a person is rich is malik of nisab is in possession of a nisab or not whether a person is physically capable or handicapped whether a person is rich or poor healthy or sick traveler or at home facing the qibla or not facing the qibla in a state of wudu or not in a state of wudu in fact even in a state of major ritual impurity when a ghusl is farad on the individual still the dhikr of Allah can be done tilawat of the Quran cannot be done right just to be clear when a person is in a major state of ritual impurity 
uh, when a woman is in her menstruation or a male it has uh, uh, had intercourse or had a nocturnal emission and has to take a ghusl they cannot make tilawah of the Quran in that condition but they can make the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala so the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala can be made in all conditions by all people at all times subhanallah so this shows us the importance of dhikr that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not put any condition for it and that is what this ayah also alludes towards qiyaman wa qu'udan wa ala junubihim standing, sitting, reclining when our hands are engaged in other work you can still do dhikr of Allah ta'ala with the tongue when the tongue may be busy in something the, the heart can be remembering Allah the mind can be remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when a person is lying down in his bed he can remember Allah right? in every state a person can remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that is the first difference the second difference is that every ibadah has a specific limit right? there are five prayers a day you cannot make it six or seven the farad's prayers are limited and within each prayer like we performed the maghrib a little while ago is three rakat maghrib if a person is very uh, uh, religious and is and a spiritual high and is feeling uh, uh, close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you cannot say okay today I'll make it six rakat maghrib or four rakat maghrib five rakat maghrib it is only three rakat zakat is only 2.5% of the wealth you can give more sadaqah but you cannot give more zakat zakat is a specific limit right fasting Allah ta'ala says uh, few uh, counted days numbered days 29 days or 30 days after that is nafal fast not fast on Ramadan and hajj is only farad once in a lifetime right this is a frequently asked question that uh, a person he did hajj in his youth without uh, having knowledge maybe with his parents now a person is more cognizant of the deen has studied it and says that can I make the second hajj now my farad hajj and perform it uh, with much more diligence and focus and consider the first one to be nafal so the fuqaha and the scholars have mentioned no you cannot do that the first one regardless whether it was performed well or not so well it is always going to be the farad one after that any hajj that is done is the nafal one it's only one farad hajj so every ibadah has limits previously we mentioned every ibadah has conditions now second point is every ibadah has limits whereas the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it unlimited unlimited Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says ya ayyuhalladhina amanu thkurullaha dhikran kathira wa sabbihuhu bukhratan wa asila all, all those who believe remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dhikran kathira abundantly abundantly there's no limit that you know you can't go after 100 times you cannot go more than 1000 times you cannot go more than 10,000 times Right, the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you can do it abundantly and uh, subhanallah so that is the second difference um, the third difference is um, something uh, that is similar to the first point but slightly different is that specific people uh, uh, they perform the ibadat in specific times Whereas the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is performed uh, not only in all times by human beings but or we can word it this way perhaps it'd be easier that all of the ibadat that are mentioned in the Quran and Sunnah and all of the forms of worship and all of the other pillars of Islam uh, they are for the human beings right 
the, the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the other animals didn't go and make tawaf at the Kaaba. They don't fast in Ramadan. Right? You don't see the birds and the, and, and, and the animals uh, not eating throughout the day. They eat and drink throughout the day. Right? So all of the creation, they don't fast. They don't perform the salah the way we do. They don't do, the, uh, they don't do hajj or any of the ibadat. However, when it comes to the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the dhikr of Allah ta'ala is not limited to human beings. But rather Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says very clearly in the Quran There is not a single thing in existence Whether living or unliving Animate or inanimate But it is singing the praises of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala It is glorifying Allah It is engaged in the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And before you can even ask Allah ta'ala himself says But uh, you cannot understand their tasbih. You cannot understand. It is beyond your understanding, right? Previously, this might have seemed very difficult, right? For how can unliving things be doing dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Now we know that in the uh, unliving things as well, there's a lot of movement. Every molecule is made up of the atoms, and within the atoms, the electrons are moving at the speed of light. There's so much activity going on, right? So, each electron, each neutron, each proton is doing the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Each atom is engaged in the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Walakin la tafqahuna tasbihun, but we cannot understand it. Subhanallah. Allahu Akbar. So this is the third difference. The dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not only the angels, not, uh, not only uh, the human beings, but also the animals, also the plants, also the stones, uh, and the earth and the sky. Every single thing is in, that's in existence is remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu Akbar. And then, so that is three differences. The fourth difference is that all of the ahkam of the sharia and all of the rulings of the sharia, they pertain to our worldly life. Once we go into Jannah, then there's no Kaaba there to make the hajj of. There is no, time, there is no obligation of salah. There is no poor people to give zakat to. There is no fasting in Jannah. It's feasting in Jannah. Perpetual feast upon feast upon feast and fulfilling the desires. Allah Akbar. That's the place where Allah has made us. You will have whatever the hearts will desire and will please the eyes. Subhanallah. I have prepared for my righteous slaves in Jannah such blessings which no eye has seen nor any ear has heard. Nor has the thoughts of that even crossed on the hearts of the human beings. It's beyond our imagination. The blessings of Jannah, right? So there's no ibadah there. The time for ibadah was in the dunya. In the Jannah is time for enjoyment. Time for, time for t- reaping the rewards. However, if there is one ibadah in Jannah that continues from the dunya till the Jannah, Allah, what ibadah is that? That is the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah ta'ala mentions subhanallah in the Quran, that the Ahlul Jannah in Jannah, the residents of Jannah in Jannah, what they will say? They will be praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَالُوا الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ الَّذِي أَذْهَبَ عَنَّا الْحَزَنِ إِنَّ رَبَّنَا لَغَفُورٌ شَكُورٌ الَّذِي أَحَلَّنَا دَارَ الْمُقَامَةِ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ لَا يَمَسُّنَا فِيهَا نَصَبٌ وَلَا يَمَسُّنَا فِيهَا لُوبٌ Right? These are the ayat from Surah Al-Fatir. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the gardens of Aden they will enter therein they will be granted 
bangles of gold to wear in pearls and their clothes will be made of the silk of Jannah and they will say all praise and thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has removed from us all pain and difficulty verily our Rabb Allah ta'ala is the forgiving the one who accepts our ibadat he is the one who has granted us this abode of eternal abode from his grace that we will never be afflicted by any pain any difficulty any hardship now that we are in Jannah so they will say Alhamdulillah all praises to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has removed from us all pain and grief so all praise to Allah praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, is uh, the dhikr of Allah so the dhikr of Allah is continuing in Jannah there are more ayats like this Surah Yunus verily those who believe and do righteous actions their Rabb Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who guided them to the straight path of Iman underneath them the rivers of Jannah will be flowing in the gardens of enjoyment and when they call out to one another they will say Subhanakallahumma oh Allah you are pure Subhanakallahumma there you go they are doing dhikr of Allah in Jannah and they will be greeting one another by saying salam and when they, when they end their gatherings they will end by saying Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen so there you go in Surah Yunus again it's proven that the people in Jannah will be remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, I mean there are as I said several ayats throughout the Quran that talk about this uh, these are some ayats that are just coming to mind right now um, Allah Akbar uh, there is another ayah that comes to mind in Surah Al-Zumar that those who fear their Rabb they will be taken in groups and groups escorted towards the Jannah then they will come to Jannah and the doors of Jannah will be flung open to receive them and the guards of Jannah will address them and say Salamun alaykum, peace be upon you. Tibatum, you had done good deeds. Fadhuluha khalidin. So enter into the Jannah to remain therein forever. Inshallah, we'll be amongst them. Uh, say Ameen, Inshallah. Waqalul hamdulillah illadi. And they are going to praise Allah. See, they're doing dhikr again. They all say, Alhamdulillah illadi sadaqana wa'ada. All praise and thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who was true in his promise to us? Sadaqana wa'da. He was sadiq in his wa'da. He was truthful in his promise. And he has granted us this beautiful land of Jannah. We can roam about therein as we wish. And please, there is no restriction upon us. How great indeed is the reward of those who work hard. And you will see the angels surrounding the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yusabbihuna bihamdi rabbihim Again the angels are engaged in the tasbih and the tahmeed and praise and glorification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَقُضِيَ بَيْنَهُمْ بِالْحَقِّ And Allah ta'ala will judge between his creation with justice and truth 
truth uh, and tr- uh, and based on truth waqila alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin and the proclamation will be made that all praises belong to Allah the lord of the worlds so in these surah az-zumar surah al-fatir surah yunus etc i think the point is uh, established very well that in jannah the praises of Allah ta'ala the hamd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will continue and no other ibadah is there except for the praises of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uh, uh, not only in the dunya but also in the akhirah so and the last point is if the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not only in ibadah but it is the essence and the maqsood and the objective of all the other ibadat the purpose of the other ibadat is to dhikr of Allah ta'ala why do we perform salah? Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَقِمِ الصَّلَاةَ لِذِكْرِي And establish salah لِذِكْرِي For my dhikr, for my remembrance. The soul of the salah, the ruh of the salah is the remembrance of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Remember Allah Ta'ala when you're standing, when you remember Allah Ta'ala in ruku' and sujood, remember Allah Ta'ala in all the positions of salah. And every position of salah includes the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. When you move from one position to the next position, we remember Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And what do we do in Hajj? Fadkurullah fi ayyamin ma'adudat. Remember Allah Ta'ala in Hajj. When you go to Arafah, when you do, you make the dhikr of Allah. When you go to Muzdalifa, you make the dhikr of Allah. When you go to Mina, you make the dhikr of Allah. When you make Tawaf, you make the dhikr of Allah. When you make Rami of Jamarat, you make the dhikr of Allah. And every condition throughout the entire Hajj, every place you go, you will be making the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala. And what's the purpose of fasting? Fasting is so we remember Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. And we become conscious of Allah Ta'ala. The purpose of fasting that has been prescribed upon you, like upon nations prior to you, so that you remember Allah and you inculcate taqwa. The zikr of Allah Ta'ala is the objective of zakat, is the objective of sadaqah, is the objective of all ibadat, is the remembrance of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So this is such an obligation we wish to repeat. It doesn't have any restrictions. It doesn't have any preconditions like other ibadats have restrictions, other ibadats have preconditions. It is for humans and animals, for all the creation. It is for this dunya and for the akhirah. And it is the actual, inshallah, purpose of every other ibadah. And when you look at the noble life of Rasulullah, he was an example of Yadkurun Allah, Qiyaman wa Qu'udan wa Ala Junubihim, remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala standing, sitting, and reclining. So our understanding of dhikr is that we have very much narrowed it down to holding a tasbih and sitting on a musalla and passing the tasbih and saying subhanallah, 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 that's dhikr, right? But dhikr is, uh, the meaning of dhikr is much more than that, much more expansive than that. Dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala includes remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, being aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at every given moment of one's life. And one example of how we can gauge that Rasulullah how much he was in tune with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at every moment was how uh, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how he remembered Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the masnoon du'as the masnoon du'as are not just something that you know the teachers they teach the kids in Sunday madrasa in Sunday school or in or in the Islamic school they, 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 know, they have to learn the du'as to pass the exam all these du'as and we think why are they making them memorize these du'as this is something we actually have to implement in our own lives right um, when we were studying a hadith, I mentioned this before in, in the Jummah Khutbah Dar Salaam, uh, you know, before back when we had the masjid open, which is unfortunately closed. 
those who pray the Jummah here must have heard me saying this before but many people are listening from their homes who do not pray Jummah here Dar Salaam that when we were studying hadith of Rasulullah sometimes the students are more interested in academic matters and uh, different finer points uh, that have uh, you know uh, deeper meanings and, and uh, discussions uh, so when you come to the chapter uh, of du'as of Rasulullah then we would just fly through it and we would say that you know these are just du'as and nothing much to add uh, at this point our teacher uh, one time he uh, uh, he brought it to our attention and he said that you know you guys think that uh, there's no debate here there are no theological discussions there's no uh, uh, finer points of, uh, 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 to explain uh, these are just du'as but it's and you don't pay much attention to this chapter you say okay that's an easy chapter it's not going to come on the exam it's nothing really difficult nothing to learn but at the end of the day in reality he said these masroon du'as of Rasulullah these are the means and the stairs to climb upon to reach the ma'rifah and recognition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to become a beloved wali of Allah ta'ala how so? What, how important they are? what is the power of these prophetic prayers? The power of the prophetic prayers is that uh, if a person memorizes them and starts reciting them while thinking upon the meanings, then he will be remembering Allah Ta'ala in every condition. Literally, when he opens his eyes in the morning, all the way till when he closes his eyes at night, for every aspect of his life, for every task that he engages in, there is a particular dua of Rasulullah before he begins the task and after he completes the task. And if he recites these du'as with understanding, with reflection on the meaning, subhanAllah, he will never disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He will always be in the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right when he opens his eyes, Alhamdulillahilladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana wa ilayhin nushur. All praise and thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who brought us back into a state of wakefulness like life after we were in a state of sleep like death. Wa ilayhin nushur. And towards him is our final return. Allahu Akbar. Imagine the understanding this person wakes up with. That just like I'm waking up from my deep slumber and sleep, today I'm waking up from my sleep and coming into a state of wakefulness. Tomorrow a day will come, when I'll wake up from my grave and I will return to Allah Ta'ala on the Day of Judgment. Today my alarm clock is ringing. Alright? And we're waking up with the alarm clock. Allahu Akbar. Think about this resemblance. From the, when the alarm clock is ringing, we wake up from the sleep. The sleep is like death. The Prophet ﷺ said, Sleep is the sister of death. Sleep is the sister of death. When, we, uh, when a person is sleeping, uh, to a great extent, his, uh, his perception through his eyes is, is not there. He cannot see. He cannot hear many sounds uh, that are uh, not so audible, that's not so loud, that will wake him up. Right? Um, he does not know what's going on around him. He's deep sleep. He's similar to a dead person. Uh, many of his uh, faculties are, are are turned off, not fully. His heart is still beating, his breathing, all the involuntary actions are taking place. Alhamdulillah, digestive system is going on, heart, blood is circulating in the body. Allah, all the cellular functions are still uh, continuing, but a lot of the vo- uh, voluntary actions are a lot of the systems are turned down. Half the systems are turned down, half of them are continuing. Allah, what a ajib condition to be in a sleep. The Prophet said, sleep is the sister of death. When the uh, when the alarm rings. Then he wakes up, right? And he rubs his eyes. Rasulullah said, actually Allah Ta'ala himself says, Another alarm will ring. Which one? The trumpet. The trumpet of Israfi will ring. 
And what will happen? Then they'll awaken from their graves and they'll start walking towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment. And the Prophet said they'll be wiping out the dust from their faces. Allah, but this is such an amazing scene as if you can see it with your eyes. Wiping out the dust and the dirt from their faces, scrubbing it out of their eyes. Just like when you wake up, you scratch, you, you know, you rub your eyes. And the disbelievers they will say, Oh, woe unto us, who woke us up from our sleep? Who woke us up from our from our from our graves? And the believers will say, Rahman. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had promised us. Mursalun. And the messengers were truthful. We were waiting for this day. Now we are going to go to the day of judgment and then inshaAllah we'll enter the Jannah. So when a person wakes up every morning, imagine. He recites his dua with understanding of the translation and deep contemplation. And he says, Alhamdulillahilladhi. All praise and thanks to Allah. Uh, right? Ahyana ba'dama amatana. Who brought us back into state of life after we were in a state of death. Wa ilayhin nushur. And towards him is our return. Towards him is our return. What does the return of the day of have to do with waking up? It is a reminder. I'm waking up from my sleep today. Tomorrow I'll wake up from my grave. Allah Akbar. How will he lead the rest of his day? How will he spend his day? When he wakes up with such a realization, he will spend it in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala naturally. And then, I mean, that's just the beginning. I mean, I mean, you can take it from there to washing the face. When he sees himself in the mirror, he makes dua, Allahumma kama hassan khalqi, fahassan khuluqi. Oh Allah, just like you have beautified my exterior appearance, beautify my akhlaq and character. When he washes his face, when he makes wudu, he makes the duas of wudu. When he enters the bathroom, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubthi wal khabaith O Allah, I seek your protection from the male and female jinn and shayateen So he's seeking the protection of Allah from shayateen He is cognizant of Allah, he's cognizant of the shayateen Present in the dirty places And he seeks the protection of Allah from the shayateen, from the jinns And when he comes out, he says Ghufranak, I seek your forgiveness, O Allah That when I was in the bathroom, my tongue was not making your dhikr What sin has he committed in the bathroom that he seeks forgiveness? He seeks forgiveness for the not being able to make the dhikr of Allah with the tongue and limited to remembering Allah in the heart. Alhamdulillahi All praise and thanks to Allah who removed from me that which was giving me discomfort. That urine and, uh, you know, if a person cannot urinate and the urine is blocked, a person has severe constipation, how much pain will that person be in? And being able to pass the urine and to be able to... Uh, uh, you know, empty the bowels. This is such a blessing from Allah Taala. Adha, removed from me that which harmed me. Wa'afani, He granted me well-being. We thank Allah Taala for the blessing of being able to use the bathroom even. Then you know, uh, going to the fajr, leaving the home. Allah Bismillah. Allah. Billah. I begin in the name of Allah, and I rely on Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And all power and might belongs to Allah. No one can harm me. No one can benefit me without the guidance from Allah, without the permission from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So subhanAllah, he is in the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, you know, when he has his breakfast, Bismillah wa ala barakatillah, Bismillah, in the name of Allah, with the barakah of Allah, and he praises and thanks Allah throughout his meal. When he finishes, Alhamdulillah, alladhi at'amana wa saqana, our praise and thanks to Allah who gave us to eat and to drink. Muslimin and made us Muslims. Just like the blessing of food is worthy of thanking Allah, blessing of drink, but the most important blessing is that He made us Muslims. This continues the whole day throughout the different tasks that He does. He remembers Allah Ta'ala. In the beginning of everything, He says, Bismillah. At the conclusion of every task, He says, Alhamdulillah. 
in the name of Allah, all thanks to Allah, all praises to Allah, and seeking His guidance, seeking His protection at every step of His life, every step of His day, until finally He comes to lay down in His bed. Bis Allahumma bismika amutu wa ahya. O Allah, with Your name I die, with Your name I live. O Allah, bismika rabbi wa da'atu jambi wa bika arfa'uhu in amsaktaha farhamha wa in arsaltaha fahfadha bima tahfudu bihi ibadika bima tahfudu bihi ibadika salihin. Allahumma inni aslamtu nafsi ilayk wa wajjahtu wajhi ilayk wa aljaatu dhahri ilayk raghbatan wa rahbatan ilayk la malja wa la manja minka illa ilayk amantu bi kitabika alladhi anzalta wa bi nabiyika alladhi arsalta these are the various beautiful duas to recite before sleeping all of them are revolve around remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this person will become a living wali of Allah ta'ala if there's any moment that in the life you would think that it is devoid of dhikr of Allah Ta'ala is when a man fulfills his physical need with his spouse then his animalistic passions are at his peak even in that moment there is a dua Oh Allah Allahumma la taj'alna shaytani fi ma razaqtana nasiba. Oh Allah do not grant shaytan any, uh, any share of that which you may provide any child from this union there is a dua Allahumma jannibna shaytan wa jannibna shaytana ma razaqtana O oh Allah, protect us from shaitan and protect any uh, child that will come from this union. O oh Allah, protect that child from shaitan. Imagine there's a dhikr and dua for that as well. So, on uh, which condition can you say you don't make dhikr of Allah? Going to the bathroom, coming out of the bathroom. In all conditions, the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala is compulsory and, and something we need to be engaged in at all times. Allahu Akbar. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says on the day of Jum'ah, like today was the day of Jum'ah, Allah Ta'ala says إِذَا نُودِيَ لِصَلَامِ يَوْمِ الْجُمْعَةِ When the adhan is called on the day of Jum'ah فَسَعَوْا إِلَىٰ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ Then hasten to the dhikr of Allah The khutbah is the dhikr of Allah The salah is the dhikr of Allah Right? So come to the dhikr of Allah And then subhanallah That's not surprising But what is more surprising is Allah Ta'ala then further states فَإِذَا قُضِيَةِ الصَّلَةِ And when the salat is complete And is finished فَانْتَشِرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ Then spread out in the earth Go seek your earning and livelihood. And when you go back to earn your livelihood, then remember Allah abundantly so you may be successful. The dhikr, the khutbah was called just dhikr of Allah. But when you go back to earn, when you go back to your customers, when you go back to your clients, when you go back to your work, when you go back to whatever type of work you may be engaged in, whatever business you may be engaged in, in that condition of business, in that condition of earning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Remember Allah ta'ala abundantly. So when you came to, the, you ran to the Jummah, it was to the dhikr of Allah. When you finish the Jummah and go back, it is back to the dhikr of Allah. Even when you face the enemy, at that time, you, it's a matter of, of, of kill or be killed. And uh, you forget about everything. You, preservation of your life is the foremost thought in your mind. Because you need to save your life. And if you are not alert to the dangers of the swords and the spears and the arrows and the bullets and the grenades and uh, whatever ammunition is being used against you, that's it, your life is over. You have to be paying full attention to the uh, enemy and uh, the attacks of the enemy. Allah Ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu ila laqeetum fi'atan O those who believe, when you face your enemy in battle, fathbutu, then remain steadfast. Don't turn your backs. Fathbutu, remain steadfast. Wadhkurullaha kathiran la'allakum tuflihoon And remember Allah abundantly so that you may be successful. Even in the heat of the battle, when it is a matter of being killed or, be, uh, or killing or being killed, Still the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala Is an obligation of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala So may Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Grant us the understanding 
about the importance of his remembrance and make us among those who remember him as the ayat says going back to the original ayat that we began the discussion tonight and this is Surah Al-Imran Ayah 191 standing, sitting and reclining may Allah Ta'ala make us among them who remember him in all conditions and all times and allow us to open our mind to the reality of how expansive is this commandment of dhikr is not limited to holding a tasbih it is rather about remembering Allah Ta'ala being cognizant of Allah being aware of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala at all times and the one who is aware of Allah and is remembering Allah can never be disobeying Allah therefore we will be protected from his disobedience at all times may Allah Ta'ala truly make us among the zakirin wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi wa